Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Balanced Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and I'm so happy that you're here. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. You have me for a solo episode today, and it's our final solo of the year. This is my favorite way to connect with you guys. It feels like we're just talking face to face, like you guys are hanging out with me. So wherever you are, get cozy because we're going to talk all things solo. We're going to talk life updates, ketamine therapy, mom guilt, social media addiction, holiday mantras, how to slow down this holiday season and not feel all the pressure of that 2023 planning, but still be creative and excited about what's to come in the new year, but just without that pressure. We're also going to do a little Q&A. I have been posting a lot of Q&As on Instagram lately that I have just totally ditched and walked away from because I've been healing from bronchitis and I've been home with Atticus pretty much 24-7 for the last two weeks. So I haven't been able to answer as many questions as I usually like to. But then I decided, how perfect is that? I'll just compile all of my favorite ones and put them in this solo conversation. So let's just go ahead and get started. I had to write a little outline for myself. Otherwise, I would talk for an hour on every single subject. So why don't we just start with some life updates? For one, you can probably tell I've been sick, but I finally have my voice back. So I'm really happy to be able to talk to you guys. I apologize for my voice not being quite as smooth as usual, but I am sucking on all the cough drops, drinking all of the tea with honey, and just getting it done. I know a lot of us this season have been hit with everything that's flying around. And it's wild because I don't usually get very sick in the winter season. I don't live in a lot of fear. I was not one of those people who was like really, really fearful during the pandemic. I'm kind of the opposite of that. And usually I can manifest my way into staying healthy. But this year I had no such luck. And right around Thanksgiving, my whole family got really sick. We were all in Carmel together and shit just hit the fan. My baby was sick. Jonathan was sick. I got the most sick. And you guys know I deal with a lot of health issues, chronic autoimmune 
conditions. And whenever I get sick, everything in my body with my chronic health just gets flared up. So I've been taking care of that. And I always take these things that happen to me that are not quite so positive, like getting very sick during this really busy what should be a very fun time of year, but it's not fun when you just have to stay in bed and heal. I've taken the positive out of that because I've taken the last three weeks with very minimal distractions. Like I haven't been able to work. I haven't been able to use my brain. I haven't been able to go into the podcast studio. So I've taken three weeks to think about what my life looks like and what I feel good about in my life and what I don't feel good about what I want to change heading into 2023, the ways in which I've been avoiding taking care of my health. I think if anyone else listening suffers from chronic health issues, the pendulum can swing one of two ways. You can either focus so heavily on it and identify so heavily with being sick, quote unquote, that it becomes your life and then it can become hard to heal. And then the pendulum can swing the other way, which is where I've been for the last couple years, which is that I was so done with spending all of my time in doctor's offices, spending all of my money trying to heal and honestly just identifying with being an unwell person. I really didn't want to live that way anymore. But then the pendulum swung so far the other way for me that I've noticed that I've been letting my health slip. And The way that I view chronic illness, and this might be controversial, so take with it what resonates with you, is that those of us who have sensitive bodies are going to have to be managing our symptoms for the course of our life. And I don't really believe in chronic disease. I believe that dis-ease in the body causes symptoms in the body that cause a lot of pain. And yes, I have shed a lot of tears over this even in the last few weeks alone. But I believe that us beings who are really sensitive on the planet, we're always going to be managing the fact that it's kind of hard to feel amazing in our bodies on this planet. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of pollution. There's a lot of hate and division. Our food sources are not as clean as they used to be. Our soil is not as clean as they used to be. Even eating organic, we have to dodge chemicals that are sprayed onto the food. It's not easy to feel healthy in this day and age. So when we let our health slip and it's not It's not, I don't want to say at the forefront of our mind because it doesn't always have to be at the forefront of our mind, but it's not even a top five priority. Then people like me who are prone to more intense symptoms, those symptoms can really flare. And that's where I've been. So I have had the last many weeks to really think about this and take action. So I reached out to a bunch of my trusted health professionals, my Chinese medicine doctor, my functional doctor, And I also found a new doctor who specializes in a different type of medicine called anthroposophic medicine. I hope I'm saying that right. Anthroposophic medicine. It's a very cool approach to healing chronic disease and chronic symptoms of Lyme disease, mold illness, mast cell activation syndrome. And if you're new here, those are some of the things that I've suffered from over the last few years. So I'm seeing her. I'll keep you guys posted. I can't really give you those updates yet because I just started seeing her. But I can say for the first time in a long time, I felt really hopeful. 
The other positives here are the reminders that certain things in my life haven't felt aligned. And I can tell myself that just because I really enjoy my career, I enjoy my life, I love being a mom, I can tell myself, oh, well, then I don't have to work that hard on bettering my schedule or finding a better way to live because this is a good way for me. In fact, just because we love what we do and we love the people in our lives doesn't mean that we don't have to constantly reassess what we're doing on a daily basis. So I've been in a big reassessment mode and I feel like this time of year is amazing for reassessing where we're at from boundaries to what we do on a daily basis. Our daily routine shapes our entire life. I've been reading a lot of books about routine from Ryan Holiday's Discipline is Destiny to Atomic Habits, which I know is the most popular book in the world, but I revisit it every time I need a kick in the butt to work on my daily habits and routine. So being sick for these last three weeks has given me the opportunity to reevaluate my schedule and to think about the fact that I was so excited when I relaunched my podcast in June after taking six months off after I became a mom and I relaunched with Dear Media and it's been so fun and I go into the Dear Media offices to record and I get dressed up. And what I realize about myself is I'm very all or nothing. So I went from not doing the podcast for six months to recording like three or four times a week, which isn't necessarily necessary because I release one episode a week right now, as you guys know, if you tune into the show quite regularly. So the good thing is I got really ahead on the show, but what I was able to realize is I haven't really been gatekeeping or protecting my schedule and my space because there's a lot of things that I want to do outside of the podcast. There's a huge project on the horizon launching in early 2023 that you guys can get excited about. I'll keep dropping hints about it, but I cannot wait to tell you more. And I haven't really had time to work on that until I reevaluated what was going on here. I also am writing two books. I'm writing a fiction book and a self-help healing memoir. And I have been known to fall off the wagon with my writing by telling myself that I should be focusing on my day-to-day tasks. And more day-to-day is the podcast, the blog, the brands that I work with, my livelihood, the way that I make money, all of those things. But if we're not setting ourselves up for the future and dreaming bigger, then what are we really doing? And I'll let you guys in on a very vulnerable little secret, which is not going to be a secret anymore. But I came up with this the other day and I realized this is what I've freaking been doing. And I've always been someone who has huge dreams and reaches for the stars and believes in myself and gets shit done. Like I am, I know even starting from the age of 21, when I started my blog, that I was an unstoppable force. And then I got really sick with Lyme when I was 26. And around that time, I was able to coast along because I had built a really strong foundation. I had my podcast, my blog, my partnerships, my management teams. And I felt like with everything I've built, I can coast. I can do really well in life. I can produce content that I love. Everything's working for me. I can provide for myself. I can provide for my family. This is great. But I have coasted for a while. And now I'm a whole different person. I'm a whole different being, an entirely different individual with new dreams, new desires, a new family. I have my baby. I have such big dreams for us as a family. I want to buy a house in LA soon or 
multiple homes all around the world. And to get to the next level is what I'm shooting for now. So my my secret is that I've been coasting along when in my heart, I am an unstoppable, inspired, driven, passionate, unrelenting force of nature. And I haven't been living up to that. And part of that is because I fear greatly not having enough energy. And I look around and I see the people who inspire me most. And I'll tell you three people who inspire me most so that you can understand the direction that I'm moving and that I know my brand is ready to step into. And my team knows that I'm ready to step into it and all the support is there. So it's just time to stop coasting. It's time to actually work harder and not even harder, but smarter and more efficiently. Okay, let's talk about hair care. K18 is bringing you the future of hair care with their leave-in molecular repair hair mask that reverses damage in just four minutes. Unlike most products that cover up damage, this clinically proven breakthrough repairs damage from bleach and color, chemical services, and heat on all hair types. The secret is in their patented K18 peptide, born after 10 years of complex bioscience research to restore strength and elasticity in the innermost layers of your hair. Since damage is ongoing, you can start fresh with stronger, softer, smoother, bouncier hair that lasts. No wonder their leave-in molecular repair hair mask went viral. The best part is K18's easy leave-in fits into any routine, which is amazing because I am very low maintenance with my hair. I think a lot of you guys know that. Low maintenance with my beauty routine in general. But what I love about that is that you can repair daily damage with less stress and frustration and unlock new levels of self-expression. I'm not lying when I say that the main question that I get asked all the time is how I keep my hair so healthy. And I do get it highlighted, although I am a natural blonde and I truly love this product. They are available at Sephora.com and in Sephora stores. Bring your hair into the future with K18 Molecular Repair, available now at Sephora and Sephora.com. Shop their leave-in molecular repair hair mask at Sephora and Sephora.com. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. So some of the people who are inspiring me the most right now are Melissa Wood. She's been on this podcast and she's amazing. I'm sure probably everybody listening knows her because everyone knows Melissa now. Gabby Bernstein has always been one of my top inspirations. I love the fact that she's written like 11 books in the last 10 years. She's a spiritual teacher. That is the path that I'm on. And also the incredible Lauren Bostick. She's also been on this podcast many years ago, and she 
has built an empire. Lauren and I started blogging around the same time. We connected back at that time. And I always knew this girl is going big places. She believes in herself and she just struck me as someone who was never willing to think small about herself or her life or her brand. I see the same in Melissa. I see the same in Gabby and I see the same in myself, but I can also recognize with a heightened amount of self-awareness that because of being sick for the last few years, I have taken a back seat in a way because I developed some fears about not having enough energy to run a team, to travel, to show up every day for a brand that goes beyond social media, that goes beyond the podcast and the blog. And I'm ready to do that. So I think that's my biggest life update for you guys. And I just realized this like a couple days ago. I shared it with my assistant, my strategist, Shelby, and she listened to me talk for hours. It was very cathartic about this very thing. So you guys are just quite simply the very second people to hear this. And it's something that I'm so fired up about. I feel supported. I feel like the right team is in place. I love working with Dear Media. I love my innermost TBB team. My family's super supportive. Atticus is getting old enough that he sees his mom working and I'm so ready to show him. When I'm not with him, it's because I'm creating stuff that is helping people, that's adding value to people's lives, that's setting a foundation for our family and creating longevity and a foundation for the future. So that brings me into my next topic, which is mom guilt. And I've been wanting to do a full episode on mom guilt for a long time now. So consider this the first brief touching on this of many, but mom guilt is so real. A question that I've been getting asked very frequently is how to balance having a job and a career that I'm very passionate about and a brand that's ever evolving that I'm putting my all into with being a present mom. And of course, we all know those are not the only things to juggle. Also, I'm a wife. I'm a daughter, a friend. I got to take care of myself and my health and all the things that it means to be a person and carry this load. And I honestly think one of the hardest things this year about being a mom for the last one year exactly, is trying to find a balance. I found it so much easier to have a newborn than a baby who's almost a toddler because when they're newborns, you can kind of do anything. I was very much wrapped up in the newborn stage, so I wasn't doing a lot. I was really just soaking him in. But if I wanted to take a phone call or write a blog post or journal for a couple hours, I could. And newborns, they just hang out with you. They just sleep and you're not really disrupting them. They don't really notice if you're doing something like you're on your phone. But when a baby becomes five months and beyond, they really start to notice the world around them. And then when you have a baby who's toddling around like Atticus is, and he is expressing himself to me, he's watching my every move, he's soaking everything in. I am so mindful of how I am around him. So basically... When I stayed home for six months before I started working again, I was a full-time mom and that felt really good. And I always knew that one day I was going to go back to my business. My business means a lot to me and that we would need some help. And so I thought maybe a part-time nanny would be perfect. I can pretty much work from home. My parents are super available. Jonathan's around a lot, even though he has a full-time job. He's a very hands-on dad. I'm sure we can survive with a part-time nanny. I was extremely, incredibly wrong because we had a part-time nanny and 
everything was really overwhelming. I had just started working again and was trying to be home as much as possible and also pour my energy into my work and we didn't have enough help. I was on the verge of multiple mental breakdowns, which culminated at the end of June when our whole family got COVID. And then we went, Jonathan Atticus and I went to Hawaii and we realized, okay, this is this is a lot and we need more help. So we ended up getting a full-time nanny. And I recognize this is a privilege to be able to have a full-time nanny, to have full-time help. But when both parents are working full-time, I had to ask myself, my previous earlier versions of Jordan, how did you think you were going to do this without help? I'm used to being able to work as much as humanly possible. And I'm glad that's not my life anymore. But let's be real. Why is there such a stigma around having help? If both parents have a full-time job, then at some point you are going to need help, whether it's family or a nanny. And we had help in both areas. So for about three months, we did the full-time nanny thing. And I started then feeling like I really miss my baby. And that's where the mom guilt was coming in. And I'm not saying that if you have a full-time nanny, you should feel guilty, but I had to readjust my schedule so that I can see Atticus and be with him in all the pockets of time that I can. For example, I started dedicating myself to waking up earlier. If you know me, I'm not a morning person. If you've ever taken the sleep chronotype quiz, I'm a dolphin. I'm a late night person, very late night person, late morning person. Jonathan typically does the mornings with Atticus. And with Jonathan doing the mornings with Atticus and then me finishing work in the evening, I didn't want to just be spending this very minimal time with him or what suddenly was starting to feel too minimal to me. So I started waking up earlier. I spend the mornings with Atticus and Jonathan now. That's been amazing. I also made sure that the nannies that we've found can do things beyond watching Atticus. They can help with the house. They help us with cooking. We have an amazing person helping us make this delicious Ayurvedic plant-based food right now so that when I'm home and I'm not busy, I can be with Atticus. I can take him for a walk and I don't have to feel like I'm stepping on the nanny's toes, which is never how you should feel in your own home, by the way. So I have found a balance, but it's been really hard. And I think it's important that we talk about that because I know on social media, it can really look like there are these moms that are doing it all. And when I was feeling like this full-time working mom who was doing way too much and having a full-time nanny and then also over committing myself in many different areas. And then I would see other moms on social media who were just hanging out at the park all day with their babies and their kids. I was feeling jealous and envious and guilty. And anytime you feel the emotion of jealousy or envy, just take that as knowing, oh, maybe that's because I want a little more of that in my life. I need a little more of that in my life. And the older that Atticus gets, the more that I understand his personality. He's a Sagittarius, so he's very independent, but he's also a lover and he's such a mama's boy. I mean, he loves to be with people and he really, really, he finds me now in the house if he's with someone else and I'm home and working. And especially if I'm recording, he comes and finds me. And so I feel this desire as he gets older, like I need to make myself more present. These years are going to fly by. They're already flying by. And me personally, I just wouldn't feel right if I wasn't making myself more present and more available for him right now and for our family, which eventually will grow. And I'm really thankful that Atticus, this perfect little angel being, is 
teaching me how to be a mom. It's a learning curve and I certainly don't have it all down. I'm I'm learning every single day. I'm super grateful for the mom community that I have around me, which sometimes feels small, sometimes feels not small because a lot of my friends don't have kids yet. But now that I have a one-year-old, a lot more of my friends are having kids. But I share this to say, if you ever feel lonely in your motherhood journey, you're not alone. I've had many lonely moments, many moments that have felt entirely isolating where I look around and it's hard to find an example of what I want, which is someone who seems to really balance their work and their family very seamlessly. But the people that I mentioned as three of my top inspirations right now, Melissa, Gabby, and Lauren, I actually feel like they all do it really well. So I'm not saying there's no inspiration there. It's just you got to look a little harder sometimes. And my goal is to be that inspiration for you guys, for people listening. I mean, I hope I can be that. And I'm learning. And 2023 is all about dropping the mom guilt. And by the way, Jealousy is not something that I feel very often. So when I do feel it, I think it's really important that I listen to it. And that would be a really big tip that I have for you guys. Okay, so it turns out everything you think you know about probiotics may be wrong. I learned this when I started working with Seed a few years ago. I knew probiotic tortilla chips sounded way too good to be true. The good news is Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. So that's the first thing you should know is that not all probiotics are created equal. That's why I've done the research to make sure that it's TBB approved and Seed is very TBB approved. So what is their daily symbiotic? It is a broad spectrum plant-based prebiotic and a 24-strain probiotic formulated for digestive, gut immune, and additional systemic benefits. They have a capsule in capsule, which protects against stomach acid, digestion enzymes, and bile salts for viability through digestion. So what does this mean? The live probiotics will actually make it to the end of the small intestine for delivery into the colon. So if you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Seed is designed differently, and that's why it actually works. I also love that they're sustainable. Each component of their refill system is designed to protect your daily symbiotic. They have sustainable biomaterials and refill systems to reduce our imprint and be gentler on earth. And if you've seen it, their packaging is also really cute. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash balanced blonde and use code balanced blonde to redeem 20% off your first month of seeds DSO1 daily symbiotic. That is seed.com slash balanced blonde and use code balanced blonde. By now, you've probably heard of Wellgrove. They are a Californian-based wellness brand specializing in olives and their proven health benefits. You might be thinking olives, they belong on a platter. What do they have to do with health? Well, my friends, I have some fun facts to share with you. Hydroxytyrosol from olives increases oxygenation to the muscle tissue to reduce muscle soreness. And then maslinic acid, also from olives, may enhance our muscular response to resistance training through anti-inflammatory action. Extra virgin olive oil powder, again from olives, provides sustained energy and brain fuel. And Wellgrove's plant protein powder not only includes 20 grams of high-quality pea protein, It also includes all three of these amazing olive ingredients. I will never be able to look at the humble olive in the same way. 
I also love Well Grove's protein powder because it tastes so good. They have chocolate and vanilla, and you've probably seen me using it on my stories quite often because it is my go-to plant-based protein powder. I also love that they're a California brand. And you guys know how picky I am. I have tried every plant-based protein powder on the market for real. Visit wellgrowthhealth.com and enter the code BALANCED at checkout for a 20% discount on your protein powder. And you'll also get a free protein shaker. That is code BALANCED for 20% off your Wellgrove protein powder with unique olive antioxidants. You have to let me know what you think when you try it. Tag me on Instagram, wellgrovehealth.com, code BALANCED. The next topic that I want to get into is ketamine therapy. We did this whole episode on ketamine therapy with Dr. Mike Dow, my ketamine therapist. It was episode 282 of this podcast, and I highly recommend listening. But I just wanted to update you guys because I did my six-session journey with Dr. Dow at Field Trip Health during the month of November, and it changed me inside out. I need to do a full episode on it, and I definitely will, but I wanted to touch on it today because if I sound calmer, if I sound more clear, and if I sound happier, it's all because of this psychedelic therapy that I've been doing and the integration around it. And I'm not going to lie, it's not easy. It's not like, oh, let me just sit here and do psychedelics for an hour once or twice a week and have fun and do it for the shits and giggles of it. It is not like that. It's really hard work. It's having to be willing to face your shadow and not just your shadow, but like the deepest, darkest, murkiest parts of your shadow to go back to potentially to memories that you have buried because of trauma. That happened to me. I uncovered some childhood memories that my precious brain had been protecting me from until I was able to uncover them and until I was ready to see them. And I didn't even see them with clarity. I just saw them in a way where I knew that they had happened. And that was very enlightening to me. And then I was able to do a lot of healing around them. And you have to be willing to face an ego death and I have done that in a way that has served me so well. My ultimate goal for the year of 2021 was to liberate myself from comparison to others and to liberate myself from the fear of people not liking me. And I mean, people in my circle and also people on the larger public stage, like terrified of any person that's ever been in my life, not liking me or not people pleasing to them. And also terrified of being hated on in the public sphere, which is funny because that happens every day as a podcaster and a public facing person. And my goal for so long, not just this year, but specifically this year, it came to a head, has been to find freedom and liberation from that because I see people like Jonathan, my husband is such an expander for me in this way because he doesn't care what people think. We could be home on a Saturday night and everyone we know could be out doing the coolest stuff on the face of the planet, traveling the world, hanging out with cool people. And Jonathan's like, I'm so happy we're home, just us with our family. Like he would never compare. And I'm more of a observer and not in a jealous way. I just observe what everyone's doing. Like nothing gets past me. (laughs) Nothing skirts by me. And because I'm such an empath and a reflector, I think about things quite deeply. And then I start asking myself, wait, 
did I do something? Is this person mad at me? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing more for Atticus? Like all of these questions. And again, my goal was to liberate myself from all of that small thinking. It's so limiting. The advice I would give anyone is to let that shit go and transform from fear to faith. But when it's in your own life and you're dealing with a whole lifetime of issues, trauma, personal experiences that create who you are and how you show up in the world, then it really takes some deep work to heal from these ways of being. And that's what ketamine therapy has helped me do. It has helped me heal on deep levels, given me ego deaths, boosts in confidence because it shows me yet again, we are all one. Everyone in the world is our mirror. The people in our lives are our mirror. Everyone online is your mirror. So anything you feel triggered by, anything you feel hurt by, anything you feel excited by is all a reflection of what's happening on the inside. And that has not only given me more compassion for more people and more things, but most of all, more compassion for myself. And now when I get a really angry comment or message from someone or someone in my life isn't happy with me for whatever reason, I don't have to take it as such a personal attack. I can take it as seeing this is really a reflection of where this person is in their life. Does that say anything about me? Maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is absolutely not. And maybe it's somewhere in between because there's always a lot of nuance, but it has given me that freedom that I wanted. And that freedom is everything. And as a mom, I feel like that's so important because I'm raising a child now. And how can I be the mother that I want to be if I'm still ruminating over these things that affected me in my childhood? I also went back to the root of where a lot of these issues stemmed from from me. And of course, it was friendship stuff that happened in childhood. It was family stuff that happened in childhood. It was health things. I talked on this podcast earlier this year about my one-year-long sickness of whooping cough when I was eight years old. That will affect a person. I spent a whole year in bed when I was a kid. And of course that affected me. And so ketamine really helps you break perspectives, break through the glass ceiling of yourself, realize that you've been coasting, have a lot of love for people in your life, even the people that you feel hurt by, have a lot of love for yourself, and also have clarity around bigger questions. I've had questions for so long around what's the perfect place for me and my family to live? What kind of lifestyle do I really want? What kind of circle of friends do I want to spend the most time with? Like, I've been at a really pivotal point in my life for a couple years and I haven't had clarity. I'm a triple Libra with a lot of indecisiveness. So the clarity that ketamine therapy has given me is beyond. And yes, it's been psychedelic, but I've been truly surprised at how integrated. I've been able to incorporate it into my life. And I really have so much thanks to Dr. Mike Dow for that and to Field Trip Health for allowing me to embark on this journey. And also... It has helped me with my physical pain from Lyme disease and chronic illness. So I have a lot more to say about ketamine therapy. If you have questions, I would recommend listening to episode 282. Something that ketamine therapy made me realize was my intense addiction to social media. I shouldn't be surprised because my whole life and career has been on social media for the last 10 years between Instagram, TikTok, 
Twitter, Facebook, my blog, emails, everything's on the phone, not to mention text messages, voice notes, staying in touch with people. It's all right there. And I feel like I have spent a scary amount of time on my phone for the last many years. And that's something that I really want to change. When I was doing my ketamine journeys, I often would go into a realm of technology and social media. And I don't mean like on the deepest parts of the psychedelic journey, but either when I was coming in or out of it. And I would see people's social media profiles and it was almost showing me how we are turning a little robotic. We're losing a lot of the magic of life. We're losing a lot of the in real life just beauty of connection and the colors of nature and like using our communication skills to talk to people rather than how many of us have just sent a difficult text on the phone because it is very challenging to have that conversation in person. But how much more would we grow if we actually had that conversation face-to-face or even over the phone, voice-to-voice? And a lot of us just don't do that. Social media has taken a lot away from us. It's also given us so much and I'm not here to bash social media. I'm extremely thankful for the career path that it's given me, for you guys, for being able to hop on there. Even in the last three weeks when I felt really sick and alone and isolated and suddenly I have community again, there's so many beautiful elements of social media. But one thing I've seen is the amount of time that I spend scrolling is unhealthy, especially because of everything that I'm wanting and willing and ready to create in the world. I'm so excited to create from the heart fiction and books that are going to last, going to be my legacy, like far beyond my life. And I've also seen time in a different way. We all feel like we have endless time. I know I feel that way. I have felt that way. It's always, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. Oh, if I don't do it till my mid thirties, that's fine. If I don't do it till my forties, that's fine. But no, that's not the way that it should be. It's it's not like that. Nothing is guaranteed. Time is a gift. Every day is a gift. I have seen so many things happen this year, very shocking and unexpected. And it is a constant reminder that life is precious. And why would we not make the most of our time here on this earth? And it's another thing to think about with health. Like I'm not talking in a morbid sense that we could all die tomorrow, even though that's true. It's always true. I'm talking in the sense of like, I have an able physical body. I can run a marathon if I wanted to. I can go to hot yoga every day if I wanted to, but I'm not doing any of those things. And then when I was really sick for the last three weeks with everything from bronchitis to strep throat to RSV, and I couldn't do anything, I was yearning for this healthy body. And what a gift to be able to use these bodies to carry out our passions, to hang out with our friends, to write books, to do whatever it is that you're passionate about. Time is not guaranteed. And healthy time in these healthy bodies is also not guaranteed. I'm reading Ryan Holiday's book, Discipline is Destiny. I mentioned it earlier in the episode and he talks about Lou Gehrig and how Lou Gehrig was one of the most disciplined athletes in history. He didn't drink. He ate so healthy. He went to bed early every night. He didn't believe in the comforts of life as much as other people do. He didn't get sucked into the luxurious life of having so much money. What he cared about was keeping his body clean as a whistle to 
be the best athlete that he could be. And then as many of us know, he got really sick. He got ALS and all of the functions of his body were taken away from him. And he didn't wallow in it. He had made the most of the time that he had. And I'm sure it was mentally, physically devastating for him, but he was still a world record holder and world record breaker because he made so much use of the time that he had, even though his time was cut too short. And again, I don't say this in a way that I feel like, oh, we should all be afraid of death or getting sick. Don't live in fear, but do make the most of your time. Do know that time is a real thing. Do know that time exists as a measure, as a tool for us to really live our lives in a way that when we're spirits, when we're souls and we no longer have these bodies, time is no longer a learning lesson. Time is here to be a lesson. It's one of our greatest teachers and it's wise. And when I'm on my deeper ketamine journeys and time doesn't exist and it's one hour in physical human time, but I feel like I've been gone for centuries, I see how time is used in a really interesting way on this planet, in this time and space. And may we never forget it. And may you use it to light the fire of your deepest passions. And that's certainly what I plan to do heading into 2023. All right, guys, let's talk about ketamine therapy something that I love that you guys know I am obsessed with. The struggles with our mental health can loom large over our lives. Maybe yours, maybe someone that you love. You've tried everything or have you. Mindbloom is the solution for the next chapter in mental health and well-being. We talk a lot about psychedelic therapy on this podcast. And if you want to learn more, I highly recommend diving into those episodes. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy. They offer a combination of science-backed medicine with clinician and guide support for people looking to improve their mental health and well-being. They connect patients to licensed psychiatric clinicians to help them achieve better outcomes with lower costs, greater convenience, and an artfully crafted experience. The first thing that you'll do is you'll take their online assessment and schedule a video consult with a licensed clinician to determine if Mindbloom is right for you. And if you're approved, discuss your health history and goals for mental health treatment with your clinician to tailor your regimen for Mindbloom. They'll send you a kit in the mail complete with medicine, treatment materials, and tips for getting the most out of your experience. I'm so excited for you to enter this new chapter in mental health and well-being. Mindbloom is an incredible guide that I highly recommend. Right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash blonde and use promo code blonde at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde for $100 off your first six-session program. That's mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde. I am so excited to talk to you guys today about Open. They have been my favorite app for quite some time. It is a mindfulness app built to transform your life, experience the power of combining breath work, meditation, sound, and movement to strengthen your mind-body connection. You might remember that I hosted a meditation with them about a year ago, and it was really special. You can practice digitally on their app and website or in person at their studio in Venice. They have a New Year's challenge that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about today, where you will get free unlimited access to open on January 1st to 31st, complete 
31 practices in 31 days, any digital classes and or in real life. And when you complete the challenge, you get entered to win an open in-person retreat. Any digital class or in-person class counts toward the 31 classes. Their digital classes are available on the open iOS app or on their website. You can practice live or on demand. And the daily meditation will be the first thing you see on the home tab. I love their studio in Venice. Maybe I'll see you there. It's really cool that they're hosting this challenge. People say it's their favorite part of the day and that every morning immediately after waking up, they go to the open app to do their daily practice. And I honestly feel that way. It has re-sparked my joy for my daily meditation and I'm so excited for you guys to check it out. Take this challenge with me in January. You'll see me posting about it and I would love your support. I would love to do it together. Use my code BALANCED for a free month of open. Visit www.withopen.com slash balanced and use that code for a free month to do this challenge with me. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. That brings me to my next topic, our final topic before we do Q&A, which is holiday mantras. So the holidays are my favorite time of year. I'm obsessed with this time of year. I'm blasting Christmas music from Thanksgiving onward, even though, yes, I was raised Jewish, but I also was raised celebrating Christmas and Hanukkah. I just love this time of year, but... I also know what it feels like to feel a little down this time of year. I had such a rough beginning of the holiday season. I was starting to feel really depressed because I felt like I was missing out on this entire season and feeling really alone. And I know that this can be a really tough time for people. So I wanted to offer up some holiday mantras for you. And one of those that I return to at this time of year always, is to do a gratitude list. And I know that that is so overdone and you're probably rolling your eyes because that's like spirituality 101. But let me tell you, if I've learned anything from going into the deep end of spirituality, it is the basics that we must all return to. It is the basics that have the most to teach us. So unless you're actually waking up every morning and writing a gratitude list, then I don't want you rolling your eyes. And this applies to me too, by the way. So wake up every morning and write down five to 10 things that you're grateful for. And here's the kicker. They can't be the same things every day. So that would be easy. I wake up every morning and I'm like, Jonathan, Atticus, Hudson, my parents, my job, my body, all these things. Well, what about if you have to switch it up every day, then you have to get really creative. I'm grateful for the fresh air. I'm grateful for the green grass. I'm grateful for the weather. I'm grateful for the ability to go to a bookstore. I'm grateful for travel. I'm like anything. And when you really get creative with it, it gets your juices flowing and it also gets your creativity flowing in a brand new way. What I've also been really loving lately on the note of creativity is painting and getting into my inner child, like working with watercolors and doing things that I did when I was a kid because it actually helps me for the books that I'm writing because it unlocks new parts of the brain, new neural pathways, just like ketamine therapy. And to get into the actual holiday mantra part of this, which I promised, I would ask yourself, what is your biggest pain point? What is your biggest challenge? And if it is, I feel a lack of abundance, I feel like I can't get the gifts for everyone that I want to, something like that, then your mantra would be, I have enough, I am enough, 
I am enough exactly as I am. Or maybe your biggest pain point is you fall off the rails every holiday season and you leave December feeling not like yourself because you've eaten all these foods that don't feel good to you. Then your mantra would be, I'm choosing wellness. I'm choosing myself. I make the rules over my body. I am powerful and I'm choosing wellness. I'm choosing to feel good. If maybe you struggle with issues with your family and there wasn't a lot of joy around your house in the holiday season when you were growing up, I think a great mantra would be, I'm bringing the joy. I'm in charge of bringing the joy. I bring the joy into my life and I light up everyone's life that I walk into. It is not my job to bring the joy to anyone but myself, but my intention is to be the one that brings the joy. My favorite mantra is always, I am enough. I am enough exactly as I am. I don't need to be any specific way. I don't need to perform for anyone for them to love me. I am enough exactly as I am. And so it is. That's my favorite. So I hope that you guys can take something from these or create your own. Now I would love to get into our Q&A. You guys sent in these on Instagram and I'll try to get to as many questions as I can. This is a really good one from someone named Jessica. She says how to handle when you have personally evolved and believe in past lives and aliens, etc. But your partner doesn't believe in that and even gets frustrated and mad at these beliefs. Yes, I can imagine that this would be a really big challenge. And I always wonder what it would be like to be with some of my ex-boyfriends now that I have evolved so much spiritually because I feel like they would, for the most part, not be a fan or maybe they would get a kick out of it. But I can't really imagine like a lot of respect being there. I'm lucky that Jonathan is very respectful and we were friends before we started dating. So he already knew that I was deeply into channeling and aliens and he always got a kick out of it. And then he himself got very spiritual. But the advice that I was recently giving to one of my close friends about this is that when you meet the right person, when you're with the right person, and I know that you're talking about your boyfriend and I'm not saying that he's not the right person for you, but when you are with the right person, even if you don't have the same beliefs, you inspire healthy change. And no, we're not going to change someone from the inside out. We're not going to change their character, who they are as a person. But you inevitably end up inspiring growth and change in the people that you're with. So I would say if it's weird to him now and he's not believing in it and he's frustrated with it, give it some time and just kind of lead by example. I never shove things down anybody's throat because I feel like that is not the way to teach people or get them interested in something. But if he sees that you're a happier person, you have more clarity, you feel more calm, you're more tapped in because your beliefs feel good to you, then he's going to be inspired by that either subliminally or more consciously at some point. And if he's not, then I think it's definitely worth having a conversation and saying, this is really important to me. These are my beliefs. This is something I'm passionate about. This really lights me up. And you don't have to share my beliefs, but you do have to respect my beliefs. I think it all comes down to respect. And then mutually respecting his beliefs too. And I do think at the end of the day, if this is a big part of your life and it's not something that your partner can even find a little bit of joy in talking with you about and learning with you about, then I don't know. I'm not here to tell people that your relationship isn't the right fit because I don't have enough context. But what I do know is that you deserve to feel really good 
I believe in true fairy tale romances. My friends tell me I am the lighthouse for love. I am a believer in love. I'm never going to be the person who sits here and says, just deal with it. Just roll with it. Save the relationship at all costs because I believe in a fairy tale happily ever after. I think some people have different karma with love and it takes a little bit longer or has to go through more painful, challenging relationships to end up in the right relationship. And to answer your question specifically, I think this particular situation might just need a little more time and a little bit more deep conversation around it. I think we should do a whole episode on this with a relationship expert because I could talk about this all day and I would love other perspectives too. Okay, so Retreat House says, writing a book of my own and wanting to learn more about channeling and the cosmos. Well, this is exciting because the offering, the launch that I have coming in early 2023 is going to be all about channeling and the cosmos and basically a deeper place for us all to connect in this way. So I'll say more as soon as I can, but I'm really, really, really excited. It has been a long time coming. We have needed it forever. I would also say, if you're wanting to learn more about channeling in the cosmos, check out some of the older episodes of this podcast. We have some epic ones that have to do with channeling. We have Marianne DeMarco and Nikki Novo, who are my two medium mentors on the podcast, talking about how to open yourself up to channel and how we all have this gift. I would also say check out some books about channeling. I love Laura Lynn Jackson's book, The Light Between Us. I think you'll learn a lot from that, especially if you are open to channeling for your book. And do a lot of automatic writing where you put pen to paper, ask the angels on the other side what you want to know, and just write with full belief. And we have some full episodes on this too. I love this question from my sweet friend, Natalie. She says, been feeling so much pressure to hurry lately with all the narratives around prepping for 2023. I feel like this time of year needs to be about peace and slowness. And I totally agree. There is so much pressure to excavate your entire life when New Year's is coming up. And I don't believe in that. I feel like it really sets ourselves up for failure and for more pressure because we have all of these New Year's intentions. And if by January 5th, we're falling off the wagon a little bit, we feel like, oh shit, like my year's not even going to be good now. And I've never loved that. I've never done well with that. And I've always been someone who really likes to hibernate and get cozy in December. I try to work as little as possible in December, even early January for that matter. And I would say, just give yourself full permission. If I can be a permission giver for you to take it slow right now, then that would be my ultimate gift. And that doesn't mean don't spend time trying to cultivate the life that you want for 2023. I think it can be so beautiful to set intentions, have mantras, set up some new goals, rituals, and habits. But also know this time of year is about slowing down, being with family, being kind to yourself. And that's where it all stems from anyway. If you're looking to make changes and make plans for 2023, I would say, why wait? Start now. And not in a hurrying sense, but like, why do we need the calendar to start shifting some of our habits? Why not now? For example, I kind of fell off the wagon with my nighttime meditations and I haven't been sleeping very well. So last night I got back into my nightly Joe Dispenza meditation. I listened to it five times in a row. I 
got so much peace from it. I felt so much better after listening to it. And I was kind of laughing to myself because even I get stuck in the trap of like, oh, maybe in January I'll be a lot better with my routines, but why not now? And I think that takes the pressure off of hurrying too, because it's like, what kind of destination are we trying to reach? And at what time? Isn't the destination joy on a daily basis? Isn't it now? Like, why not feel that way now? And also the importance of realistic goals with huge dreams, huge dreams, don't get me wrong, but realistic micro goals is really good. I do want to kind of overturn my life in 2023 because that's where I'm at and that's what I'm feeling like my life is calling me to do. But that's also because I'm ready for it. I think I've been in a hibernation phase for six years. I look around at people who started the bulk of their career in their 50s, in their 60s, and those people inspire me more than anyone else. So I totally get that hurrying narrative, but definitely give yourself the permission to take it at your own pace because that's the magic sauce. That's the secret sauce anyway. And I can't wait to see what comes of it when you do. Ashley says, creating a baby and not stressing about it. First month trying, and I'm worried that I'm too obsessed. Yes. I think that when any of us are trying to get pregnant, no matter what, it's a mental game that can be very challenging. I was with some friends last night and I was saying, we were talking about when we will all start trying for our second baby. These are my mom friends. So our babies are all around the same age. And I was talking about when we might start trying, which don't worry guys, it's not anytime soon. I know everybody likes to ask me. I don't want to get specific, but it's not anytime soon. And I was saying, I just don't want to ever feel pressure. Like I want to start earlier than we actually really want because I don't want to feel pressure. And my friend asked me, well, did you struggle the first time? And I said, no. And I instantly realized how silly I sounded because I was just operating from a place of fear. And of course, it's a very real fear. I think every woman who wants to have kids at some point wonders, is it going to be easy? Is it going to be hard? Even after I got pregnant with Atticus rather easily, you never know about the second time around. But I'm committed to living in faith. And I know that if I had gotten pregnant with Atticus at any other time than when I did, it wouldn't have been him. He's perfect. I was trying to have a Libra. He's a Sagittarius. And let me tell you, he's everything I've ever needed, wanted. He's perfect. He was never supposed to be a Libra. He was supposed to be him in every facet of who he is. And I think just trusting in the more, the greater plan, the more divine plan that we don't necessarily have any of the details for and just surrendering and letting it go. And you're right that the obsession of it all is so challenging not to have, but it's the most important thing to not have really. So remember to surrender and that can be applied in all areas of life. So many people wanting to know my current diet, which I have a blog post all about. You can find it on the blog. It is called My Current Diet and the Evolution of How I'm Eating. And it's one of the most recent posts. So you can find it near the top of my blog. My blog is also revamped, redesigned, redecorated. There's a star seed quiz on there. I am so thrilled about it. And I hope that you love it. So check that out for My Current Diet. I'm just not that inspired by talking about food lately. I feel so much more excited about talking about the spiritual and ethereal realms. And who knows? I'm always shifting around. Maybe I'll get really, really inspired to create a bunch of recipes soon, which would also be really fun. Okay, let's do two final questions. How to do shadow work around the things that you did while drinking that don't feel like you. This is from Katie. 
So yes, I stopped drinking five years ago. And even before that, I didn't drink for a while. And sometimes I think back to things that I did do and say when I was drinking. And I have to say, one of my favorite things about living an alcohol-free life is waking up in the morning and never having to think, what the hell did I say last night? Did I do something weird? Why do I feel so off? I never blacked out when I was drinking. I only blacked out once in my life and it was on my 21st birthday in Italy. So I never had that blackout, like complete fear that I had done something just totally wild. But I would think like, ooh, my inhibitions were gone and I said some stuff that I regret. And it just makes you like so hyper honest and it's not the real, true, authentic side of yourself either. So how to do shadow work around that. First of all, I would say give yourself so much grace. The fact that you even have self-awareness around this is huge and know that we're always shifting, always changing, always evolving. That's why we're here on earth. We are meant to learn from our mistakes. If we didn't have any mistakes, then we wouldn't really be evolving and growing. So have grace for that younger version of yourself. I like to talk to the younger version of myself, either through writing or through actually just speaking out loud in meditation and saying, I see you, I hear you, I hold you, I know that you didn't feel safe, I know that you didn't feel happy, all these things, and I'm here for you, and I promise it gets better. Talk to yourself that way, your younger self. Travel back to those memories, and that's the best way to do shadow work, in my opinion, rather than running from it. And so your self-awareness around it is huge. Again, another thing I would love to do a full episode on. Faith says, honestly feeling overwhelmed with where I'm at and you bring such a light to my day. So thank you. And I just want to thank you. I've been feeling overwhelmed and I like to be just very honest and open with you guys about that kind of thing. The overwhelm is real. And just because I'm still showing up on social media and the blog and the podcast doesn't mean that I don't feel it too. So the fact that we can be each other's lighthouses and be lights in each other's lives. And you guys are lights in my life. You mean the world to me. It's truly everything. And I've found myself thinking about that lately more than ever before. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to have this podcast, for listening, for being here. Tell me on Instagram what you liked from this episode. What was your favorite part of the convo? What should we expand on for future episodes in 2023? Both solos, we'll have experts on, we'll have friends on, we'll do the whole thing. There are a couple more episodes this year. We have a fun one coming out next week on Atticus's birthday with a dear friend of mine. And then we have a best of the show episode coming out. And then we'll be back with all fresh, exciting newness in 2023. And it's going to be amazing. It's time and I am over the moon and elated about it. Sending you guys so much love. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, please do so and send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancewand.com. I love you guys so much and I cannot wait to keep connecting. Happy holiday season. Talk soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. 
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.